Hi, I'm Tom Rigby and this is Market to Melrose. This is the sixth episode of a podcast by the North and West Melbourne News, the award-winning local newspaper by the North and West Melbourne Neighbourhood Centre. Check us out in the latest edition of the North and West Melbourne News in an article written by friend of the podcast, Penry Buckley. If you live in the area, you should have received one by now in your mailbox. You can always wander by the North and West Melbourne Neighbourhood Centre on Errol Street and pick up a copy from the box they got set up outside the window, day and night. Hope your summer's going well. Mine's been great so far. Showing up to Christmas, Hanukkah, family parties with a little one-year-old is like showing up to a barbecue with a slab of beer. Everybody's glad to see you. It really injects the essential life of the party. If you're working, I hope you've got some time off. And if you do, I'm willing to bet that most of you are going to spend a little bit of time in or around the water. Do you remember learning how to swim? For many Australians, some of their earliest memories involve swimming. Mine certainly do. I learned to swim at the Northgate Pool. It's an outdoor pool like our local North Melbourne pool. I'm not a beach bum, I'm a northern suburbs guy, but I'd say not a summer's gone by that hasn't involved a bit of time spent by the water. Seems like most people born on this continent can swim at least two strokes with confidence but only speak one language. And then you meet many people from other countries who are fluently bilingual but never learn to swim. We certainly have a lot to learn from each other, don't we? For this episode, I spoke to Associate Professor Kerry Mullen from RMIT, a French language teacher and avid swimmer who's co-authoring a book about the North Melbourne Pool. Even though it's only open for a portion of the year, a lot of memories have been forged there under sunny summer skies in the more than 100 years since it was constructed in 1909. Kerry's project offers people an opportunity to share and preserve those memories. Kerry and I caught up recently for a poolside chat. Okay, we are rolling. I'm sitting here with Kerry Mullen at our local pool. And how often do you come down here? Uh, most weekdays, so Monday to Friday. So I do my 60 laps of the 25 metre pool, so it's about a kilometre and a half. That's six zero. <laughs> yes. Pretty good, pretty good. How long have you been doing that for? Oh, probably about 10 years, I think. Yeah, so I've swum all my life on and off, but been coming here regularly for about the last 10. I live in Kensington, so I'm just under 20 minutes walk away, so this is my local pool. I'm very lucky to have this so close. How long have you been in Kensington? Since 2000. I grew up in the UK. I left uh, the UK when I was 18 and I've never lived there since. I wandered around Europe for a while and I got to Australia in 96. So I've been here since then. I'm head of languages at RMIT and I teach French and linguistics. Do you speak any other languages apart from English and French? I speak Spanish as well and I've been trying to learn Danish. Wow. Multilingualism is a bit of a theme at the moment on the podcast. A recent episode, I interviewed a family that had between them six or seven languages that they were fluent in, and I was feeling very inadequate because I, like many people born on this continent, only speak one. So uh, 
definitely take my hat off to you for trying to pick up a, what would that be, your third, your fourth language? Yes, yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that monolinguals are actually a minority in the world. So multilingualism is by far the norm in most countries. But yeah, lots, and even lots of people who were brought up here were brought up multilingually. So, you know, there's over 200 languages spoken in Australia. Um, Victoria is particularly multicultural as well. So, yeah, we're not as monolingual as we think we are. Mm. Yeah, you can sort of take it for granted, which is, I guess, a part of that monolingual uh, or English-speaking privilege that we have. Yeah, it's called a monolingual mindset, Mm. (laughs) unfortunately, or or the Anglo bubble. Mm. They're academics that have coined those terms, and they're, yeah, sadly a bit true. So we're sitting here at the North Melbourne Pool, the North Melbourne Rec Centre, it's a lovely sunny Sunday afternoon. It's a little windy and they've just cleared the pool, which Kerry says is the first time she's ever seen that happen. They said they had to clear it for, for 30 minutes, but uh, that's fine. This is a nice place to sit. And we're here because Kerry was on the front page of the recent edition of the North and West Melbourne News in relation to a, a project that you're doing. Yes, so another regular swimmer and I, Katrine, decided maybe about 18 months ago that we thought it would be a good idea to put a book together. I had read a couple of others, uh, one about the ladies' baths in Sydney and another about ladies' pond in Hampstead Heath in London where different people who swim at those places regularly had contributed chapters. And I was actually just telling Katrine about it quite innocently and Katrine thought it would be a good idea if we did something similar at the pool. So we've been working on that. We've collected about 22 chapters so far. Um, We're still open to contributions if anyone desperately wants to write a chapter. And it was, you know, we gave people the brief, why do you, why do you swim? Why do you swim here? What is it about this pool that attracts you? What are some of your best memories? That kind of thing. The stories are all different. And we have some published authors that have contributed chapters as well. We've had some really excellent writing. So we're very pleased about that. And we're just in the process now of kind of pulling everything together and trying to find a publisher. We've feel also that we maybe haven't got the message out to families that come at the weekend because that's not usually when Katrina and I are here so we're not sure if families for example are aware of the project and we'd love to do some interviews with people if people don't want to write we totally understand that or we may come down to the pool one weekend so look out for us we'll be collecting some vox pops just some comments here and there and we'd like to kind of pepper those throughout the book as well. You mentioned there are two other books that you've read, and both of them are about swimming pools for women. What explains this trend of uh, running books about swimming pools for women, do you think? I don't know. There are a couple of other books as well, but even what we have found here is that in our call for chapters, although we put posters around the whole pool and in the men's changing rooms, most of the contributions have come from women. Uh, We would love some more men to contribute chapters, Maybe women are more comfortable telling their stories or sharing that kind of thing. But we know that there's a real sense of community among the men here as well, because my husband swims here, so I get men's changing room stories the way he gets my women's changing room stories. So maybe women just like to talk and write more, I don't know, and, and men keep their experiences to themselves. Can you talk us through some of the things that have stood out for you? 
one of the chapters is about how this pool saved the author's life, which it, just through coming to the pool, she discovered a, a diagnosis that was life-threatening and it, you know, catching it in time saved her life. Others write about the, all the people who come to the pool. So for some people, it's about the friends that they've made and the people they swim with. Others, it's very personal. We have a poem. We have someone who actually swam here as a visitor, but usually swims in <laughs> France. So his story was more about a changing room incident in a, in a pool in France. It was something about writing that really made people reflect on what swimming means. I know for myself, coming back to the pool after COVID, not being able to swim was and it's very privileged to be able to say this, but was the thing that I missed the most. Uh, lots of people had far worse experiences than that, but I didn't know how much I would miss swimming until I couldn't for, for a year or so. Can you tell us anything about some of the special characteristics about the, the North Melbourne Rec Centre? I think it's the length of time that some of the swimmers have been coming, and I swim at a particular time, and so do those other people. So very often... We're all together. If someone's missing, everyone, one day is okay. We all understand, you know, we might not come every day. But by the time they're missing for three days, people will be asking or texting them and seeing if they're okay. So a lot of us have exchanged numbers and we send WhatsApp or text messages in the winter. So there's a real solidarity. It's that kind of thing that makes the pool and just makes it such a, a nice place to be and a you know, really nice atmosphere. Do you know much about the history of it? Well, we have someone who just wrote a chapter on the opening of the pool, and I can't remember the exact dates, I'm hopeless at dates, but it was in the 30s. Mm. So it has been around for a long time. Um, this author has found photos of it from before the pool was built at the uh, public records office, and he's, he's put together the story of how it was built and when it was opened. Then it was threatened with closure in the 90s and there was a big local campaign and I understand some of the people who campaigned actually still swim here as well, campaigned to get it reopened um, and renovated. So it reopened again in 96, I believe. And so this, what you see is from, is from that era. Obviously, it doesn't look like it, it probably did in the 1930s. And even the changing rooms have been renovated since I've been coming. I was wondering, do you remember learning to swim? <laughs> I do. Uh, I, I grew up with a, a pool at home, which for someone who lived in the north of England, it was quite rare. Uh, my dad had a pool built. My dad was a, a swimmer and he used to go in every day, no matter what the weather. He was from Northern Ireland and he was very tough and he always used to swim. So that started my love of swimming and that was where I practiced swimming. But I actually learned to swim and take my wings off when I was on holiday in Spain one year. I must have been about five or six and there was a little girl who could already swim without wings and she was only four. So that was it. My wings were coming off and then that was the day that I, you know, actually learned to swim, I guess. It's probably not going to happen this summer, but do you think that we can expect to see the book out next summer? I would really hope so. But the pool always opens here on the 1st of October 
and we would love it to be ready for the opening of the pool and then to have some kind of book launch here, hopefully. An opening pool party? Yes, yeah, that would be the idea. Yeah. That's a great idea, and I promise to come down and, and cover that event. That would be great. be very welcome. All right. Thanks, Kerry. It looks like they might be about to open the pool up again, so maybe it's time to go and have a swim. I think it is, absolutely. Thanks, Kerry. Thank you. Thanks again to Kerry, and you can read more about her project on the front page of the Spring 2023 edition of the North and West Melbourne News. There's no community notice board this episode. Things are a little bit sleepy at this time of year. I'm going to be taking some time off over the next few weeks, spending some quality time with family and friends, and taking my daughter for her first trip to the pool. Write in and tell us how you like to spend summer holidays in North and West Melbourne. What do you bring to a median strip picnic? Got balcony gardening tips? Which is the best park with a public barbecue? Let me know by emailing me at marketsmelrose at gmail.com. I'll be back next year with more stories from the pages of the North and West Melbourne News. Until then, have a safe and happy new year.